Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to from coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Thank you. Still going, still strong. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Since two thousand nine. Um, wow. Yeah, you know, I just this thing popped up here on my screen. Rio Caruta, Caruta, C U A R T O, Caruta, Carboda, Argentina, sixty three degrees Fahrenheit, and it even says light traffic. Why is this up here? Um, then it has other things here, but why? Why that town? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that is strange. That is really, really strange. There, I just yeah, clicked out. Good. Welcome yeah. to All About Wine. We yeah. are live. If you're listening to us on Thursday, uh, July 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time in the U.S., yes, we are live. If it's uh, Friday, September 3rd, then no, it's not live. No. <laughs> Or any other time than right now. It is not live. But if you want to talk to us, you can't talk to us live either. But you can call and leave us a message or, you know, connect with us or any number of things. So we're not ignoring you. We are just being safe. You know, so. And if you're listening on YouTube or Facebook, you can chat with us on that little chat box that's associated with the video. Uh, like the comments, just send a comment, and uh, I'll get it here hopefully within the, within a day or two, and uh, we'll be able to respond. I don't, I don't know what the return of the point is. <laughs> just, yeah, whatever. It <laughs> like, goes okay. through, you know, from here to Argentina, Carbon Argentina. That's that's why I got it there. Maybe that's why you got the pop up because <laughs> it roots through there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it goes up to one of those satellites that. Uh, Elon Musk or whatever what was it, Bezos that yeah. just went up in space? Yeah. yeah uh, Richard uh, was it Brand no, it, um, it was I can't remember. Branson who went was. up first. Yeah. Yeah, Branson went up on that uh, jet plane thing, whatever that thing was. Right. And then, just, uh, Bezos that was just a few days before. And then then the other guy, uh uh Musk was it? Went up on a yeah. Musk uh, went up. No, that was that was Bezos. I thought Musk was uh Musk is uh, the dragon. Um, I got. You're right. You're right. Um, it was. So it was Bezos that just went up on the weird yeah. shape. Yeah. The Amazon guy. Yeah. yeah okay. The memes are over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was Bezos. There you go. 
So, well, you know, more power to them. You know, if these private private people, you know, and I, I, time for me to editorialize just for a moment here too. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm seeing things. Oh, okay. People saying, why don't they use all that money they're spending on that and help feed the poor and help feed people in America and help shelter the homeless? Well, you know, let's face it. All these multimillionaires and billionaires do stuff like that. They really do spend a lot of money on charities. But yeah. they've worked hard their whole life. They've done things right. And they've got this money. And if they want to spend some of their money on themselves, putting themselves up in space, more power to them. Because in the long run, it's going to help the country anyway, instead of spending all that money for uh, NASA and we got these private companies that are doing it and it's going to be better anyway. It's but, yeah, it's on, it's on them. And, you know, they've earned that right. They, they've got the money. They've earned that right. And so let them do it. And, and again, they really do give a lot of money to charities and stuff. I mean, those, those guys, if you start looking into it, you'll be amazed at how many different charities that they all are involved in and how much money they give to charities every year. And even if it is for a tax write-off, it's still charities, you know, I mean, so. It benefits somebody else and uh, another organization. It's a charity. Forget what you get back or, you know, that you can deduct it or something like that. that. That's not the point. You're helping an organization that would otherwise not have it. Uh, and exactly. be able to use it. So, yeah, that's a, a yeah, all for it, for sure. So, and I think uh, well, that, uh, I think one of the passengers, either uh, was it on uh, Branson's or uh, one of them, she was like uh, eighty-one, I think. Branson's, um, yeah, yeah. The oldest, uh, the oldest astronaut pilot woman. I don't know what it was, but uh, I have to look that up. That's uh, yeah, that, that, I heard that. Yeah, she went up there, and that, that was that was cool. You know, that's still hope for me. Yeah. Then I, I just can still get it up there. Um, yeah, maybe, can't maybe afford it, but I can still. Um, Wally Funk makes history as the oldest person to launch into space. Um, she. Uh, Got to read all about that. Uh, but anyway, 82-year-old woman to become the 80. oldest person to launch. 82. 82 launch in wow. space. Good yeah. for her. Yeah, Good absolutely. for her. I don't know if she's a millionaire and she paid all that money to go up there or if he was just say, hey, let's take you up into space and set a new record. No. Well, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Read the articles yeah. out there, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, congratulations. And, uh, hope it was fun and everything you hope it would be. Yeah, really. Yeah, and not throw up when you went, you know, flightless and all that, or weightless and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. be all over. The- yeah, yeah, that would do. Do. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got some some wine news for you tonight. Hopefully, in a week oh, or so, we'll have a guest. Yeah. Um, yeah, wine. We are all about wine. If you uh, know anybody in the wine business and want to, you know, you, or you are in the wine business and you want to be on, then get in touch with us. We will get you scheduled onto the program. And otherwise, uh, enjoy the shows and just listen to us. But if you are out visiting wineries and you say, say, by the way, 
I listen to this program called All About Wine, and they're always looking for guests. And then send us their their name, and we'll get in touch with them. So see how easy that is? And you can you can actually be part of the show, and I'll say, and so-and-so from such and such a place recommended this our guest tonight, and we have. So, so you know, you get your name mentioned on All About Wine. Not as thrilling as being up in space, but still cool. <laughs> All right. So I've got things to talk about. One thing I did do, and I, I told you a couple of weeks ago that I was going to I tried to read you a couple of articles, actually, and tell you about them, but you had to subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle. And I've always liked the San Francisco Chronicle. It's been one of my favorite papers forever. But when I tried to get in and read these articles, you had to subscribe. And so I looked into it, and it was only 99 cents for nine weeks. Well, you know, that's one of those things they call a no-brainer. And so I subscribed to the Chronicle, and I got these articles that – I was going to read, plus a bunch of others. I mean, it's pretty cool to get the Chronicle. I haven't read it in years, and it's it's fun to get it and find out what's going on in the San Francisco Bay Area and all that and the fires and talking about the fires and everything. So, but the one I wanted to read you here, this, this particular one, is Arkansas Agricultural Mogul just bought his sixth name brand Napa winery. Wow. Uh, a Galen Lawrence Jr. has just bought uh, his newest winery, uh, the Burgess Cellars, whose main winery burned during the glass fire last year. And he stepped in there and, and bought it. Uh, Lawrence Wine Estates is run by a master sommelier, Carlton McCoy. And he announced his purchase of the 27-acre Burgess Wine Cellar. Uh, it doesn't affect Luna Vineyards, known for its Italian grape varieties, but it uh, does have a tasting room in Silverado Trail and will remain open. Uh, the price was not disclosed. It is the sixth winery that Lawrence has bought in Napa since 2018. Uh, the Heights Cellar. Uh, which is uh, well, the first one he purchased is uh, is a big seller, a big name seller. You see Heights on H uh, E I T Z on wine racks all the time, grocery stores everywhere. And he's bought his Heights cellar first, and he'll reopen the cellar, uh, uh, the tasting room rather, on Highway 29, which is the same one that runs through there. Then Stony Hill Vineyard was bought in December and then he bought uh, 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 St. Andrew's Winery was the original one founded in 1980 uh, which was the second label for Claude Duval uh, another winery on Silverado Trail and then he bought Claude Duval and that's also located on Silverado Trail. So just a bunch of these are becoming part of his his estate, or, uh, part of his, uh, his uh, portfolio. 
And let's see. So uh, let's see. There was one other. Uh, always bought a couple of restaurants in San Francisco, also. And let's see. What other winery? Uh, oh, Haynes Vineyard in, in, in Combsville. So these are all bought by this real estate mogul out of. Uh, <laughs> of all places, Arkansas. But he can't buy wineries in Arkansas because Arkansas has got antiquated laws and everything when it comes to wineries and how they do it and all that. So he is going out to California and getting himself wineries. It says, and, and you know, I never saw anywhere in this article what he actually grows or what he actually does. It says that he is a agricultural mogul, but I, I don't know what he grows. It, it doesn't say. It doesn't say what type of products or crops or anything he grows. It's just that he's made his millions, and it has to be millions to be able to buy wineries in Napa like this and offer prices that they can't refuse. So, so Interesting. Uh, we have uh, a guy from Arkansas going out to California up on Silverado Trail in the Napa Valley and buying himself wineries. And I guess he's not planning on changing anything. He's opening them up and getting them started again and getting them going. So, you know, like, good for him. That's good for the wineries and good for the people who are working there, too. So the fire's devastated that one. Another article that I read that I was going to pass on to you, which I couldn't because it was in the Chronicle. I don't know if I, I'm a golfer. You all know that. I've mentioned playing golf quite a bit, but I don't know if you follow golf or if you watch golf on TV or if you do anything. I think just about everybody knows Phil Mickelson. He is uh, a golfer who's been around for a long time. He's loved by the people, although I've read some nasty stories about him, but still, He's loved by people, and he, you know, always reacts well with the crowds and stuff. And he, he does a lot for golf because of his uh, his personality, uh, which can be rough at times. Um, but overall, he, he's very popular. Well, Phil Mickelson won a golf tournament. Um, what was it? About a month ago, I guess it was uh, the. Uh, 2021 PGA Championship. And with that, you get what they call the Wanamaker Trophy, W-A-N-A-M-A-K-E-R, the Wanamaker Trophy. And that's just the name of the trophy. I don't know. All these golf things have all sorts of trophies. But what he did was poured himself some Cabernet Sauvignon into the trophy and drank wine from the trophy. And he posted it onto his Instagram, and he made a note. Brought the Wanamaker to Amy's birthday celebration, which is his wife. The wine had an extra ingredient this time, just a dash of victory. Taste so good. The wine that he tasted and that he put into it was a magic Cabernet Sauvignon produced by Tor, T-O-R, wines in St. Helena, it is $450 a bottle. 
well, of course he can afford it because he won, I think, one and three quarters of a million dollars from his first place prize on the uh, the PGA Championship, but four hundred fifty dollars. So the problem, well, not a problem, I guess. It's uh, it is the fastest selling wine out of Tor Wines. Uh, according to the winemaker Tor Kenwood, and that's hence the name of the winery, uh, he said, Kenwood said, you're always surprised when the most expensive wine you make is the one that sells out the fastest. And because of Phil Mickelson drinking it out of his trophy. Uh, he said in the video, probably my favorite wine, certainly from Napa. Like it. Uh, or like, I know the wine is good, but there's something about the winemaker that just gives it that little extra. Uh, Kenward said that once that appeared, immediately he started to get messages and emails and the phone was ringing all that. Uh, he said thousands of inquiries from Mickelson's fans, how they could get their hands on some of the black magic wine, but there's very little left. And he makes only about 3,000 bottles of the wine to begin with, and it already has been selling well. And then when Mickelson did that, it just was unbelievable. And it's surprising how quickly it sells considering the price tag. By the time Mickelson posted the video, he uh, Kenworth said he only had about 15 cases left at the winery. And he's been trying to limit to one bottle per person, but it's uh, it's been a little difficult to try to meet all the expectations. Um, the Wanamaker Trophy, as well as other golf trophies, um, have been named, like the Claret Jug from Britain's Open Trophy and stuff like that. Uh, but the Wanamaker can hold 42 beers. Uh, also been pointed out that it's impossible to lift the trophy to the mouth when it holds that many beers. Uh, these are 12-ounce cans of beers, obviously, which would mean that it could hold about 20 bottles of wine, worth of wine. So I don't think he poured 20 in there. I think he just did the one. But... Uh, <laughs> it is going crazy. Uh, Tor Black Magic looks like a steal at just $450 right now. It says Mickelson talked about some of his favorite wines, such as Bordeaux's Haute-Briand and Burgundy's Domaine de la Romaine Conti, and two of France's most prestigious estates, and two of the most expensive um uh, they can sell for over $20,000 a bottle, depending on the vintage. So at $450, that's uh, you know a great price for a field to be passed on to people to try. So there's going to be some more 2019 Black Magic release in the fall. Uh, I don't know what the price is going to be, but if you're interested in giving it a try, then uh, you can... Get a hold of the winery, Tor, T-O-R, Wines, and it's the Black Magic Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, the 2018 vintage, but that's that's out of luck. I, that's, uh, they're sold out of that completely. 
no more. Okay. Um, that's that's good. I want to pass that on to you a couple of weeks ago, and I just not got around to it. It's been about three weeks since he won the tournament. Uh, I think this is done. This is done. Okay. Next one here is uh, U.S. and EU have suspended their tariffs. We've been talking about the tariffs going back and forth on the uh, U.S. and EU. It's it's an airplane t- battle is what it boiled down to. I don't know if you were familiar with that or not, but it, it had to do with airplanes and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know the full story behind it, but they started to throw tariffs on each other because of But the U.S. and European Union have reportedly agreed to suspend tariffs related to their long-term dispute over aircraft subsidies for five years. So that's what it was, aircraft subsidies. Uh, the 25% tariffs on long-running aerospace dispute included EU levies imposed on U.S. rum, brandy, and vodka, and then another 25% tariffs on liquors and cordials from Germany, Ireland, Italy, Spain, and on certain cognacs and other great brandies from France and Germany, that started in January 2021. The tariffs had also tariffed French, Spanish, and German wines. So, it's ended. It, uh, they announced that uh, it resolves a long-standing trade irritant in the U.S.-European relationship, and it has stopped. So, they are tra- trading freely now, and it is no longer an issue of the tariffs, which is a good thing. I mean, prices should be a little bit cheaper because of it on wines coming across the pond. Uh, don't know. We'll see. But they should start dropping a little bit for us. Kava. There's a, this is a long article, and I'm not going to. I haven't read the whole thing yet. I started reading it. Pretty interesting. I glance through articles, and if they're interesting, I read them. If they're not, I stop it. But this one, talking about kava and how it is battling Prosecco to try to hold its own against it, uh, that's just a tease. I will read the article. I'll talk to you more about the future. But Kava is is around. It's it's a sparkling wine. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Kava, it is a sparkling wine from France, not Champagne. It's not from the Champagne region. It's around the Champagne region. It's made a lot the same. And it's a pretty decent sparkling wine. If you're looking for something that's not champagne but still good and inexpensive, check out Cava, C-A-V-A. That is uh, the uh, that's the way to go. That's a lot cheaper and a lot easier and a lot uh, well, it's good. And basically, it's just it's just a good wine. Uh, okay, what is this? Oh, this article is going. The Wine Institute is talking about the zero for zero tariff-free wine trade environment now that we've set up with Europe, which uh, 
they all agree it's a good thing. They've eliminated the tariffs of any kind and all that. So, okay. Uh, that's good. Okay, what else here? Okay, next one. Washington adds some AVAs. Uh, we're always talking about American viticultural areas, and they're adding new ones all the time. Seems like most of them are out west, although, what was it, Texas just added one recently, and other areas uh, pop them up every once in a while. But the newest one is, our newest two actually, is in Washington. Uh, the uh, Washington's two new ABAs, uh, which finalized the rules for White Bluffs and the Burn of Columbia Valley, June 17, 2021. Officially was the starting date for those two. So they're a little over a month old. Um, the uh, president of the Washington State Wine Commission says we have been anxiously awaiting these two new AVAs and seeing them on wine bottles. So, um, you know, it's, uh, they're, they're excited. To qualify as an AVA, okay, the, the wine, growing, wine grape growing region must be distinguish, distinguishable by features such as climate, soil elevation, and physical features. So, you can submit an AVA and they will check into it and open it up for debate and all that stuff. But that is the criteria. White Bluffs, on a plateau, added elevation protects the vines from cold air on the valley floor and extends the growing season. Unlike most areas of the California Valley, or Columbia Valley, I'm sorry, there is no basalt bedrock within reach of the vine roots and multiple vineyards with 40-plus years of age, most planted on bluffs. And the White Bluffs is a total of 93,738 acres, wholly within the Columbia Valley AVA. And you can't have AVAs inside AVAs, obviously. I just, just told you that, so it is possible. Um, the um, White Bluffs uh, encompasses two plateaus, uh, gets its name from a layer of ancient lake bed sediment that lies underneath the windblown silt in Missoula flood deposits. And grapevines have no ability to interact with basalt bedrock, unlike most other vineyards in the Columbian Basin. The vines have a different suite of minerals to interact with, and these lake bed sediments have a higher clay content which impacts the watering uh, capacity. And there are 1,127 acres of wine grapes currently planted in the area, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Syrah, Riesling, and Sauvignon Blanc being the main ones. Burn of Columbia Valley is slower heat accumulation equates to extended hang time, allowing more flavor to develop over a longer growing season and more acid retention. Also, slightly more precipitation on average in soils with a higher moisture content and persistent winds from the gorge slow grape development. It is a total of 16,870 acres. That is also wholly within the Columbia Valley AVA, west of Horse Haven Hills, and it's triangular shaped. Approximately uh, 1,500 acres of wine grapes. 
with Cabernet Sauvignon being the majority. So, two new ones. You can start looking on labels and seeing, you know, you can shop AVAs. It's always fun to shop AVAs and and compare, like you can compare the Burn of Columbia Valley AVA with the White Bluffs AVA. They're close, they're both within the Columbia Valley, but you're going to get some distinction. So it'd be fun to compare the two and see what they're like. That's that's one cool thing about AVAs. You can do that. So two new AVAs in Washington. Uh, okay, and then the other two on this one. I need to go back and cover later. Uh, oh, Corvin. There you go. Corvin is the wine opener. Uh, I, In fact, I've got a business card from a guy who sells Corvin. And I left him a message once. He didn't return my call to be on the show. I saw him at a wine tasting, and he at the time said he'd be on the show. But that was that was before COVID, so I don't even know if he's still part of it or not. Oh wow, I didn't realize it was that long. Hmm. But Corvin has launched a new preservation system. The old Corvin, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but the old Corvin is a like a needle that goes down into it uh, into your wine. You puncture the wine with this pour and the needle goes down into the cork and it has argon gas capsules and screw caps and and stuff and that's one type and then the second type is uh, model two and it comes with an aerator and a carrying case and all that. The other one doesn't. Um, they're, well, I don't know the the exchange rate here. Just, I mean, this is out of Decanter magazine. And Decanter is a British magazine. So the British magazine says that uh, the Corvin Model 6 is 230 pounds. And the Corvin Model 2 is 179 pounds, whichever that translates into dollars, I don't know. But those are the two differences. I'm sure Mike is hustling right now trying to find the conversion rate on those. Thank you, Mike. Uh, But they have a new one out besides these that just puncture it and do that. And, it, you know, I've seen them work, and, and they're pretty cool. And, you know, you're you're not getting air into the wine, which is the enemy to wine anyway, the air getting into it. And so the Corvon stops the air into it, and it lets it pour the wine out. And it, it breathes in the glass. You're not putting any in there. And then it gives it a little squirt of argon gas and to the top of it to help push it out. So you're not putting air. You're putting argon gas, which is a neutral gas. And it's all good. But wine technology company Corvon has unveiled its latest system designed for sparkling wines. Carbon sparkling uses capsules of CO2 to stop the bubbles in sparkling wine from escaping and to prevent oxidation. So that's a good thing. 
It's been in development for eight years. Wow. The new system uses a universal sparkling stopper that fits on all sparkling bottles. Uh, Greg Lambert, who is Corvin inventor and founder, said, I tested this on hundreds of different sparkling wines from Champagne to Francicorta, Prosecco, excuse me, Cava, California sparklings. The locking design of the stopper maintains up to 55 pounds of pre- per square inch pound uh, 55 per square inch pressure, preserving the natural pressure that is found in bottles of sparkling wine before they are opened. Then, stopper bottles are then charged with a measured amount of CO2 to preserve whatever fizz is left inside. This is in contrast to the Corvin, I guess it's Vin, C-O-R-A-V-I-N, Corvin, Corvin still wine preservation system, which uses argon gas. Each recyclable CO2 capsule can preserve seven bottles of sparkling wine. Excuse me. Available to buy from the Corvin website later this summer, the Corvin sparkling system, which includes two sparkling stoppers, will cost $399. Corvin pure sparkling CO2 capsules will be available in 6 and 12 packs, costing $44.95 and $79.95 respectively. Additional stoppers will be sold in two packs for $89.95. So, this, this is, you know, yeah, it's a, yeah, okay. I, here I go again, giving my opinion, which I can't help but do. Most of the time, you're going to end up drinking most of that bottle anyway. You know, the, the saving champagne, once it's open, if you, the occasion that you're going to open up a bottle of champagne or any type of sparkling wine is going to be an occasion, in my opinion, that you will be pouring yourself a glass. You're not, uh, or many glasses. You're not going to give yourself a half a glass and then say, okay, let me, well, let me save this. Let me spend, you know, $399 for a saver on this thing, you know, what the heck, $399 is going to buy me an awful lot of bubbly. So I, I, I don't know, nothing against Corbin. I, I mean, I've seen their product, I've seen it used, and it's great in places like bars or in places where you are pouring one glass and you're doing it. But for home use, I, yeah, I don't know. I just I can't can't get excited personally. But you know, I mean, you know, more for you if you if you're not going to drink the whole bottle, if you're going to save it, or if you just want to try a little bit of it and see if it's any good, and then when friends come over in a couple of days or something, pull it out and drink the rest of it. That's that's a good way to do it there. But I don't know. I I look at it differently uh, after testing the system is considered to be part of the wine tools, commented uh, a Daniel. Is that Daniel? Uh, no, Master Sommelier Johan Jocelyn of Sangrela International Hotel Management. 
Uh, he says, we are finally able to expand our sparkling wines by the glass program without the risk of wastage. And there you go. That's that's what this is great for, hotels and and uh, uh, bars and, and restaurants and places that offer by the glass sparkling. This is fantastic here. And so Corvin has came out with a great product, and it's going to be great for those uses um, and they're saying that you know you, now you can open up you know 70 to 80 sparkling wines and offer them by the glass and not have to worry about them going flat if somebody doesn't order it right away or something so so there you go and since you charge three times retail for a glass of wine in restaurants even if it does end up starting to turn on you, you probably already made your money back on it. So, yeah, it's a good deal. So they have the new Champagne Saver by Corvin. I'll have to get a hold of this guy again. I When I was doing this article, I found his card. Uh, when I was reading through this, I found his card, and I thought, yeah, I'm, it's almost time to find out what's What's happening with the uh, with him, and, and try to get something done on that? Okay. Oh, I've got some articles on. I'm going to have to read through here before I read them to you. Um, the uh, new film out. Uh, let me close it. Okay. Blind Ambition is what it's called. Uh, it's a documentary following Zimbabwe's first wine Olympics team. You go, what? And that's what I said when I first saw that. What? But documentary Blind Ambition introduces the first Zimbabwean sommelier tasting team to enter the Olympics of the wine world. You know, honestly, I didn't even know there was an Olympics of the wine world in existence. I I, I didn't know that, and uh, so no. um, Kayleen Aftab talks to uh, talks to its protagonists and filmmakers about the opportunities afforded through wine, as well as the industry's continued diversity issues. And the article just basically it's an interview, but the first representative from Zimbabwe to enter the World Blind Wine Tasting Championships is told in this uh, documentary. Let me click on this. Let me let me see what this is. The World Blind Tasting Championship. Okay, this is Team Niederberg from 2018. And what is this? This is Team South Africa and Team Zimbabwe from 2017. And World Championships 2016 in Providence. World Championships 2015, Chateau du Pope. Team Mosaic in 2014. I didn't even know they had. I really, I'm, I'm, I, I had to, you know, have to... Uh, 
admit my lack of knowledge on on this. I didn't know that this existed. Um, but they have pictures on it. Uh, you can you can check it out by well, what is the site? S A W T C dot Y O L A S I T E dot com slash the slash world or the dash world dash blind dash tasting dash championships. So php dot php whatever that is. But uh, the last one was held on Saturday, October the thirteenth. So and that was in 2018. So maybe they they stopped it during the COVID. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Share that with you. If y'all have ever been to one or heard of one, or are familiar with it, draw me a line. Let me know about it. I'd I'd love to find out more about this. I've never, honestly, I, I've never heard of it. Uh, China won in what year? 2016 with 108 points. France had 106. And the United States had 100. Uh, Monaco, Japan had 36. Monaco came in with 23. Well, that's just interesting. Did they have the scores to all of them down here? Uh, no, they don't. Oh, yeah, they do. Uh, it's just uh, something new. I'm back in time. 2013, I guess, is when it started. No, no, because they say that Denmark held the title in 2012. So I don't know. Sponsored by a bunch of foreign companies. Uh and it is. I don't see any United States companies listed on here. Uh, France, South Africa, Germany, a couple more French ones, Air France. Yeah. Hmm. So, again, if you've heard of this stuff or anything, then let me know. This is This is new to me. New to me. But the movie... Blind Ambition follows the Zimbabwe team through the process of becoming a part of the petition. Uh, The idea to form a team came in 2015 when four Zimbabweans all placed in the top ten of the South African Wine Tasting Championships. Well, there's something else I never heard of either. Um... So, all sorts of stuff. I'm going to have to find out more about this stuff. I will. I will find out more about this, and I will get back to you on this. It just sounds pretty cool. Uh, Another thing that's cool about this site here, telling about this, they also have a link to Wine and War and the people that we interviewed and all that on that movie. So, I thought that was pretty cool, too. But... uh, let me find out more about this and see what I can see what information I can find and pass on to you. Let me see. Uh, 
Uh, let me make a note. Okay, boom, 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 and I will do that. All right, let's go to the next one here. Uh, and this, uh, is oh, uh, some more about uh, Kava. Uh, talking about what Kava is doing and how they're, you can get certification on online Kava training, which should be interesting. Can wine for summer and the rest of the year. Uh, big push, big push on canned wines throughout the summer by California, of all places because there are so many of them out there that is doing it, so they have to, well, they don't have to, but there's something doing it. It gives them a good opportunity to even sell that way. Uh, this is something that really caught my eye. The tourism died in Napa, well, died in tasting rooms around the country, around the world, actually. But Napa's recovering very strongly. They are doing all sorts of private tastings that are unique, uh, something different. A $650 flight over the vineyards of Canaris in a vintage airplane. Or glasses of champagne and a limo ride to a winery starting at $850. Or private tutorials with wine country chefs on how to pull mozzarella. Uh, mozzarella. Or another $750 Baccarat crystal glasses engraved with your name. These are just a few of the things that you're doing in wine tasting experience in Napa right now. And there's a demand for them. Now we know where everybody's stimulus checks are going. Ventures report the demand has never been higher for these. Some wineries are adding tastings that cost $500 or more, and there are con, uh, some uh, uh, private people who are charging $1,000 a day uh, to keep up with the inquiries from people wanting a unique private experience and to guide them through it and to help them through it and everything. Uh, it says, June is typically not a big month for the wine hospitality business, um, especially on the high ends, says Tim Martin, who is a co-owner of Tusk Estates and Immortal Estates, which they just began offering $500 tasting. And he said, but the requests are off the charts. He's never seen response like this or traffic like this in years. You're going, oh, my gosh, what's what's up with people? It says that the restrictions ended and the weather is heating up, so people are flocking to wine country. But they're descending on the busy tasting bars along US-19, like always. But these are high-end Napa vacations, and these can add up to some big, pricey weeks or weekends or whatever. The, uh, the article talks about Tor Kenward, owner of Tor Wines in St. Helena. Um, his Black Magic 
uh, wine. He said, for $950 per person, visitors can tour more key name vineyards like Tucallan, Vin Hill Ranch, and Dr. Crane, whose fruits go into the Black Magic Cabernet. Uh, he thought it would, uh, that flower, $150, thought it would generate some interest in the wine tasting. And yet it's a greater demand for the tours and stuff right now than basically the wine, probably because you can't get the wine. Uh, tourism was down during COVID and the 2020 fires. Now it's clear and it's pretty and things are coming back and people are spending monies. Um, according to the Institute for Policy Studies, America's billionaires increased their fortunes by 45% during the first 12 months of the pandemic. And everybody can moan and groan about that. I know I do. But there's also pent-up demand for non-billionaires who are ready to travel and spend money again. Goes for the standard experience, like of Ethereum Vineyards, which includes a tour, a tasting of three to four wines, and a cheese plate. All that's 150 to $250. As well as a tasting that involves a limo ride from your home or hotel with champagne, followed by a private food and wine pairing. That is 850 to $1,500 per person depending on the driving distance. I'm sure if they pick you up in San Francisco, it's going to be 1500 And Therian Vineyard's Baccarat experience, which provides a custom-engraved crystal wine glass made by the French company Baccarat for $750 per person. And it just it goes on and on. It's, it's becoming... Uh, a destination, Destin you know, Napa and Sonoma, and what they're offering. I mean, they they offer these things, and then they do high end, and it's people are jumping on it. It's you know, if you offer it, I, I when I years ago I had a photography studio, and, and when I was at the photography studio, uh, we were always told people will gravitate towards your lowest price. So if you start at your lowest price at say fifteen hundred dollars, then they'll look at that and the two thousand and all for more is not that much more, they will say, Oh, well, you know, for an extra five hundred we're getting a lot more. And that's what they're doing here, I'm sure, the same thing. You know, we're offering this, but for a little bit more, you can get this. For the clients that pay up they recently planned a trip. Doer, who is a planner, actually, for these things. He's the one that helps plan and uh, – uh, oh, she, Angela, Angela Doer, D-U-E-R-R, -R, uh, is an owner of the conseil service called A Cultured Wine. And she says their clients are not content with the same wine tasting experience they've had before. They want something new. They want something interesting. They want something that they don't mind paying for as long as it's unique. She recently planned a trip for a 10-person group with a total price tag of about 80. That's eight zero eighty thousand dollars And another for a set of three couples that ended up being near 40 
$1,000. And those both include airfare from wherever they were. I don't know. Contributing to these bills are to a house or hotel, private chef dinners, and, of course, tours on fee, which begins at $1,600 for two days of trip planning for up to four people. For larger groups, she starts at $2,200. Uh, she said this, those sums also account for the expectation that a group will spend at least $2,000 on wine at each winery it visits. Yeah, okay. So... Uh, a okay, here's another one, uh, a special uh, a special offer here, a pilot who loves flying, uh, a Shannon O'Shanagy, offering her biplane flights in addition to tasting. So for $650, you get about 20 minutes in the air, complete with some loopy aerobatics, if you want them, in a vintage open cockpit aircraft. It gets pretty loud, she warns. You also get a box lunch. is available at an additional cost. And then you head into uh, Brasswood at St. Uh, Helena where you get a tasting. So uh, it is attracting everybody. It's all, uh, attracting all sorts of people from around the country and stuff like that. It's not something that's just into you know this one price group uh, immortal estate which calls this new $500 offering the 100 point experience involves a tasting of four wines bottles that sell for 75 to 303 dollars each two of those wines earned 100 point scores from wine critics the $500 fee is a steep one for four pours but Martin said it's meant to signal that this is something only for hardcore wine collectors. So there you go, something new. A lot of people predicted that we'd have the roaring 20s after the pandemic, and maybe they're right. But to be honest, it feels a little crazy. So, uh, wow. Uh, $155 for Chardonnay as opposed to Canada. You know. So, uh, it's, it is crazy out there. I mean, you know, some high-end, expensive wine tastings that are that are going going nuts uh, out there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chianti Classico. That's another one I want Chianti Classico wineries have approved new subzones. All right, now this is something new. New County Classico subzones are UGAs. Uh, it's uh, County Classico is on the brink of a new milestone. It's a new campaign to hone the region's identity and has led to a proposed subdivision into 11 villages. You know, County Classico is a, a very small designated area, and there, there's a 11 villages in the area, and that's County Classical. Everywhere else you call it County, uh, county but the County Classical is just special. Now they are formally designated as, and I, I don't speak Italian, so I'm going to destroy this, Unita uh, Geographic uh, 
aginutive, or UGA, or additional geographical units is really what it translates to in English. Uh, the following will soon be officially permitted on labels, and you will start seeing these. Castellina, Castamova, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's one word. Castamova, Berdinga, Giol, Greve, Lemal, Montefiore, Panzona, Rada, San Cassiano, San Donito, and Peggio, and uh, Valigia. Valigia. I don't know. I, my tongue got in my way of saying that. The assembly of 500 Chianti classical producers voted 90% in favor of the proposal earlier this week. So they are now dividing up Chianti Classico into 11 subdivisions. And so that should be interesting. They're, they're adding a whole new, whole new twist to the Chianti region. Uh, it's going to be interesting how that works and how it sells and what they're going to do with it. So... Chianti, trying to do something to shake up. Chianti Classical has been doing things. I mean, they, they different designations they had and stuff like that on there. They're, they put it to the point now where it's uh, a little bit different. Okay, now, let's see. Where's my home? Oh, right there. And I can cross something. All right, now, this is... Before I forget, and I've been forgetting for the last couple of weeks, I want to announce some of our wineries that send me emails and let you know what they're up to and all that. Amazing Grace Winery. Amazing Grace Winery is located in Chasing, New York, on Route 9. If you live in that area, look them up. They are uh, 518 Two one five four zero four four, but International Elvis Tribute Artist Hall of Famer and Vermont native Mark Shelton is bringing his renowned Elvis tribute to Amazing Grace Winery Saturday, August fourteenth at six o'clock and Sunday, August the fifteenth at ten thirty a.m. So if you are an Elvis fan and you live anywhere around the, well, Chesney, New York, or Chasey, C-H-A-Z-Y, Chasey, New York, and Amazing Grace Vineyard and Winery, check out Elvis. Uh, reservations are required for both of them, and the Sunday one is a gospel brunch and concert, so that should that should be fun. So those are coming up at uh, that winery. And let's see, Amazing Grace, that's one I just told you about. Uh, Whispering Oaks. Whispering Oaks is located north of us here. They are located up in uh, uh, Oxford, Florida, on County Road 475-352-748-0449. And... They have all sorts of stuff coming up for them, too. Uh, the summer concert events, 
uh, Moonflower and Locomotion are a couple of the groups that are going to be playing there. They have um, The Muds, John Carter, Dale Stumble, um, going through the rest of this month here. And they still have their steak night. Um, reservations are required. They have beef medallion and grilled shrimp or 12-ounce ribeye or salmon, potato, vegetable, beans, uh, salad, soup, fresh baked bread, $30 or $29.50 a person, not including gratuity, tip, or alcohol. They have those every week. What a, what a great thing to do. So if you are in that way, they're east of... Or, I'm sorry, west of Gainesville uh, in that area there. Uh, Gainesville and Gainesville is the University of Florida uh, home. So if you're in that area, they are worth a trip to visit them. And then Tassel Ridge Winery is another one of our favorites. I enjoy them. They have their... Uh, all sorts of wines available now. Uh, the tasting room, I believe, is open at Tasso Ridge. No, I'm sorry. They're not open yet. Masks are required in the winery. Uh, but wine tasting, wine by the glass, and food service are not available at this time. It's open for to-go only, which is sad. But they can ship to a few states, so you can always check that out. Tasso Ridge is located at uh, 1681 220th Street in Leighton, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N, Leighton, Iowa. And you can find them at TassleRidgeWinery.com. And oh, I thought they were open now. Uh, maybe Iowa has a that's some new rules there. I don't know. And let's see. I thought I had another one here. Uh, maybe it's here. Oh, that's Whispering Oaks, Amazing Grace. Well, and that's it. So, caught up on what's going on with the wineries that send it. If you are a winery, if you know someone and you want me to announce the stuff, just send me emails. Put, put me on your email list. Uh, that's uh, all about wine 101 at gmail.com. And I will be happy to tell people what you're doing at your winery and what's coming up. Oh, I know what the other one was. What happened to it? That was uh, Henry River. Uh, they have new release of a couple of wines that I saw and they also have a brunch coming up on the weekends so hmm, I can't find that but that was the other one I knew there was another so there we go for another week I've filled you full of knowledge that hopefully you'll you found interesting and new I've got a bunch of stuff I'm going to read here and pass on to you and we may have a guest I need to get a hold of them so Busy stuff here. Yeah, very good. Um, I did uh, did do some uh, a little bit of research here, and I found that there was a wine Olympics held in Paris in 1979. Wow! Uh, and yeah, it went uh, quite a ways back. But the uh, world 
uh, Wine Tasting Championship, the WTC, is an annual event that, yeah, like you said, uh, started in uh, 2013. Uh, That was Uh the first one. It was in uh, Bordeaux, France. And uh, I found a website, uh, wineacuity.com, that lists the – it's under their – I think it's about – and uh, event history or something, uh, but they have uh, they have some uh, other other information on there as well. But they do list uh, the years um, uh, 2013 through 2018, the locations uh, and the uh, winning teams and which wines were poured uh, for each of those years. So uh, and there's also a video, so it's kind of a uh, kind of interesting. I just couldn't play it while. Did, did it did it say? And I, as I was looking, I didn't notice anywhere. Maybe you did. Did it say how that worked? I mean, how did the wine Olympic work? How did the team come in first place and score points and all that? No, uh, I there didn't was, think so. Um, I didn't see anything either. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. In uh, after 2013, like 2014, and the rest, they show the po- the points uh, scored for the winning teams. Uh, but there's, I don't believe there's, unless it's on another page somewhere, but, uh, I don't see any, uh, yeah, I don't see any uh, requirements. Yeah. Uh, points yeah. are awarded for now the U S open, the wine tasting U S open, uh, points are awarded for identification of great varietal wine region and producer. So they do list that for the U S open wine tasting championship. Um, uh, probably the same principle then. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, there is a, uh, it looks like a 2020 World Championship uh, that's going to be held uh, in Bordeaux, France in October 2020, or was. What year are we at? Or 2021. Okay. 21. No. Uh, that was, uh, so that's already gotten over with. And I, don't know I just have to go to the webpage. But uh, yeah, if you go to wineacuity dot com that's uh w i n e a c u i t y dot com and uh, just check out the page and you'll see uh information on the u s open uh u s blind wine tasting tournament is back, coming back in twenty twenty two and um there's there's all kinds of information there oh, there's scoring and rules too so, cool um, yeah. i never heard of that before well. that's that's all yeah. new yeah. to me i i never knew that that's Learn something myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll, you know, maybe, uh, we'll hear who scored well in the high jump and the uh, pole vault. And, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of which, <laughs> the Olympics does start tomorrow, doesn't it? The opening ceremonies. It yeah. It may have started in some countries, and we we're just getting the delayed effect of it. But yeah. Possibly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the. Uh, 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 in yeah. fact, a lot of the a lot of the athletes have opted out because of COVID too, you know, so yeah, I don't know. I heard there, don't was know. there were some kind of delays, uh, like the teams could not all come in at one time. And there's some that are coming like, like, like if you're at towards the end of the Olympics, you're, you're not there now you have to wait or they're choosing to wait, whatever the, the case is. Uh, uh-huh. I heard about that earlier this evening that, uh, they're kind of filtering them in you know, as their event comes up. So, are they going to have um, uh, the big parade and all the all the teams and everything come in like they normally no, do? Have they not as, that? as it has been. Uh, they're limiting that as well. Uh, last I heard, is uh, they're limiting the uh, spectators and uh, 
the amount of teams that are in the, uh, what do you call it, parade or whatever it's called. Yeah, the opening so, ceremony. Yeah. yeah, the opening ceremony. It's going to be uh, limited. I think they're just going to walk up and down a drive and that's it. So. No, that, well, that works. <laughs> that works. <laughs> yeah, all the way from the window of the rooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> and have a drone fly by and they'll all wave at the drone. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, some limitations on, on the presentation, so it's, it will be a little different this year. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but I'm uh, wondering if they've already gotten underway and we're just uh, we're not going to pick it up until tomorrow. I don't I don't. Is it is it really live or is it like I live? don't know that either. I, you know, I'm. Hmm. That is an interesting thing. I don't know the time difference, so I haven't paid. Although I suppose I can just punch it on my phone because almost every phone can tell you mm-hmm. time zone differences. Not on here. It is. Nine oh nine eight now. Uh, they are. Uh, Tokyo, Japan is uh, 9.09 a.m. So they're they're about, they're about yeah. 13 hours ahead of us, it looks like. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you're going over the International Dateline, and you're also, uh, yep. you know, so uh, also going o- over the, you know, either way, it's it's changing it. So so 9.09, yeah. so they're, they're, what, they're 13 hours different than us here on the East Coast. Yeah, and it's already Friday there. So. Yeah, so what's what's happening is that uh, they probably start <laughs> to trade and everything else pretty soon here. I don't think they're going to be yeah. waiting until tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that should be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Uh, okay. uh, um, anyway, I um, for those of you listening on Facebook and Twitter, I did disconnect or not Twitter on uh, YouTube. I was disconnected again and connected right back after I dialed in. So there you go. You did get a little blank spot in there, but you picked right back up. You were talking mm-hmm. about whispering up, and I was ready to type, and I was like, what is it? And I go, mm, nope. <laughs> Reconnected. <laughs> then you went to Tassel Ridge. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's one of the fun things of doing a live show. Uh, that's right. So we will go ahead and uh, close it down for tonight, and we'll be back. Next uh, Thursday, which is the 29th of July. Yeah. Wow. We'll get into uh, summer. That's uh, so, right. Um, first day of summer just happened, didn't it? Did it? I yeah, I think know. so. It's been February. It's been summer. Yeah, that's yesterday or day before yesterday. I think the first day of summer was yesterday. Wow. Uh, didn't notice no, the difference. Um, first day of summer. Never <laughs> noticed the difference. That's why it didn't, you know, didn't affect us. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, I think I it rained. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll see. We'll see you all next week, 7 p.m. Eastern time, if you want to listen to us live. If you're listening to us on archives, thank you very much. And uh, we appreciate you as well. So, take care. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Be safe. See you next week. See ya. 
This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.